This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I think eco-travel is almost the new way to go now, especially with everything that's been going on in the world. I think it's made people realize it's time that everyone needs to do something to give back. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that while you're taking a vacation or going on a holiday. It shouldn't just be part of your normal everyday life. You're recycling at home, all those kind of things, which is awesome. It should also become a part of your leisure as well. Hi, I'm Kelly Edwards, and this is Let's Go Together, a podcast from Travel and Leisure about the ways travel connects us and what happens when you don't let anything stop you from seeing the world. On this episode, we head across the Pacific to the Kokomo Private Island Resort in Fiji to chat with my guest, Kleena O'Flaherty. My name is Kleena O'Flaherty, and I am part of the Kokomo Marine Biology Team, which is based at Kokomo Private Island Resort in the Fiji Islands in the south of Fiji. The marine biology team itself is actually two of us. So it's myself and then we have an amazing local marine biologist, Viviana Taubera, who's from um, another part of Fiji, who sadly couldn't be with here with us today, but she's very excited to listen to this podcast and has been giving me lots of things to share with you guys about the work we do and what we do at Kokomo. During her tenure on the Kokomo Marine Biology Team, she has helped spearhead several conservation projects in and around the resort. Sustainability is like a key pillar of Kokomo's operation. And it's not just the marine environment and the forest environment per se. It's actually in all corners of the resort. So you can even see it in the architecture, in the farm system that we have, in how we have our fishing systems. It's actually throughout the whole resort. We play a big role in the marine side and what we do there. So some of our key projects that we do is we have a massive Kokomo Manta Conservation Project, which I'm sure we'll delve into and tell you more about in detail. But it mainly focuses on conserving and protecting reef manta rays in Fiji. Another big project is our Kokomo Coral Restoration Project, which aims to protect corals around our shores of Kokomo. We also have a mangrove reforestation project, a new turtle project that we just launched, which is working in collaboration with the University of the South Pacific, which is beside us. Kleena has a career that many of us have dreamed about as children. I was curious to find out how she got to where she is today. Can you tell us how you became a marine biologist and how you ended up in Kokomo? I'm actually a zoologist by profession. Viv is the real marine biologist. She's a fully qualified marine biologist. So I studied zoology, the study of animals in Trinity College Dublin and back in Ireland where I'm from. And I came to Fiji in 2015 to work on marine conservation projects. Also, I became a, a dive instructor then. And I'm sure Kelly, like yourself, being an avid, avid diver, when you discover that underwater world, you just completely fall in love with it. And all I wanted to do was dive in, see what I can do to help promote and protect it as best as possible. So amazingly, in 2017, just as Kokomo had opened, there was an advertisement looking for a dive instructor. So luckily, as I had been in the area and had known the marine life quite well, 
I know that the owners had always wanted to do some sort of conservation work as well. So the timing just worked perfectly. I jumped on board as a dive instructor and also was able to be a part of the marine conservation aspect. It had already started rolling with one of our master fishermen, Jaga Crossingham. He leads the fishing program here at Kokomo and it's a sustainably focused one. It's called Dr. Dish, the first of its kind that was in Fiji in the South Pacific. So it promotes catching fish that are the right size, the right species and in the right season. That had just started and I know they wanted to snowball and do more, which is very exciting. And it's literally just been amazing. And it's been an absolute whirlwind to be working for a high-end luxury resort that has such a passion and especially the owners. The owners are amazing divers and huge, huge passion for the ocean. So it's just so rewarding to be able to work for people like that. And then in 2019, the workload was getting quite big, which is awesome. And we had Viviana join our team, which has been phenomenal. And she's been an amazing, amazing part of our project, especially our cultural and community-based project. She speaks Itaoke, the Fijian language. So she is fantastic at helping communicate our projects across to different communities around our area. So it's been a whirlwind. You already have me feeling like I need to get on a plane to head back to Fiji. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's awesome. That's what we hope for people to do is they want to come, you know, they can't wait to explore it with us. What is the typical day of a zoologist and marine biologist at Kokomo look like? Our typical day very much varies on uh, time of year and seasons. I suppose just like any sort of plant or farm based year, we have our own marine life seasonal year as well. So at the start of April, we just got into the manta ray season in Fiji. We have an amazing Kokomo Manta Conservation Project, and it's got three main aspects of it. So you've got the photo identification work, which is the main, main part of our project. And manta rays, I'm sure you guys are probably well aware, but they have um, spot patterns on their bellies. And these are unique, like a fingerprint for each individual. So what we spend most of our time doing, like we were just doing this morning, is we dive into the water and we try to take a photo of the belly. We see who it is. If it's a new individual, we record it into the Fiji database. If it's a recurring or recited individual, we'll record maybe they've grown. Maybe it's a female that's pregnant. And that's a massive, massive part of our work. And so far to date, we've identified around Kokomo as the largest reef manta population out of all the other island groups to date that we know of so far. So it's quite phenomenal. Like sometimes you can have up to like maybe 40 or 50 individuals just 200 meters off the shore feeding all together at once. So it's quite a spectacle. So that's what a large part of our work during manta ray season is we go out and do that and go out in the boat. We fly the drone, try and find the mantas and scout for them there. And then the kind of other parts of our day are filled in with our other parts of our projects. So we have our coral restoration project. We have seven coral nurseries around our Kokomo Island on our east and west side. And we grow corals that are in three different styles. So in their horizontal ropes, where we um, break off small little fragments of coral and plant them into a rope by winding them in. And then we leave them there for six to nine months and then they get transplanted onto the reef. And we also do a cement disc. So for corals that are maybe encrusting and grow like a carpet kind of thing, we have them on the discs and then we take a small little piece, super glue it down onto a disc, let it grow and become more established. And then we transplant it onto another part of the reef. And then we also have vertical trees that kind of look like giant Christmas trees, but they're full of corals, which are pretty cool. So a lot of the day we then do some scrubbing, remove some excess algae or sediment, maybe take some measurements and plant or transplant or one of those. And then we also check in on our mangrove nursery. So we have our own 
mangrove nursery on island that can hold about 2500 mangrove seedlings and we can't actually grow them in our shores because we have beautiful white sand which isn't ideal for mangroves but what we do is we house them as seedlings in our nursery and then when they become more established germinate some roots get a bit nice and strong we then transplant them into our neighboring village shores which need them for protection against cyclones and tsunamis so that's a big massive part of our project so we check in on that we do a lot of maintenance the kids club love joining us on those ones helping us water and weed the mangroves when it's not mantis season we're also doing our turtle patrols so from november through to february the hotter months of the year this is when you get hawksbill turtles coming up onto the beach and making nests so we've already identified one nest on our island and a couple on the neighboring islands so that's a big part is we just walk along check for turtle tracks we actually had a turtle nest inside one of our villas last year which was pretty cool inside the villa garden <laughs> which is pretty crazy we had like a I think we counted 75 turtles, little hatchlings that hatched out of the garden just off into the shore. So it's pretty incredible to see. So we just basically keep an eye on the nest, keep it nice and clear from any um, debris and things. So the turtles have an easy way to crawl back out. That's another key part. And then also sometimes we do our, our clam project. So we work with the Fiji Ministry of Fisheries and we house giant clams or baby giant clams until they're large enough. And then we transplant them out into the reef. And we sometimes just give them, just like the coral ropes, a little bit of a scrub to move excess algae and sediment. And that's a big part of our day work as well. So it varies depending on year, time of year, but always in the water at some point for sure. It's very, very exciting. Exciting is an understatement. I'm sitting here with my head tilted and my eyes are kind of like wide. I am like, who do I need to speak to to come here? Because you have named everything that I absolutely love. I've actually participated in coral restoration in Bonaire. That's awesome. Yes, and it's so fun. I've been diving with mantas. Just to see mantas underwater is the most angelic, peaceful experience you will ever have. I recently had a really close encounter in the Maldives with them, and I was just fascinated underwater but they're also really huge so i haven't seen the spots <laughs> underneath the bellies because sometimes they're coming right at you so the one thing i'm trying to do so 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 true yes i'm trying to swim backwards as best as i can because i feel like oh they're not gonna move i need to move <laughs> so yeah. i would love to be able to see you know, there are spots underneath their bellies because I love the way you put that. It's like their fingerprints, how you can identify them. And who isn't in love with turtles? And to have a nest in one of the villas, I'm sure that was probably the most highly requested villa once that word was out. Yeah. And this is just really incredible. I, for the first time in a very long time, I'm envious of someone else's career. This is incredible what you get to do every day. Oh my. Yeah, there's never a dull moment. I can't even speak to my family back home most of the time. They're just like, we don't even want to know what you did today, Kayla, because it's just completely not fair. Yes. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, just the same. But no, I completely get Yeah, people honestly forget like the size of the manta, you know, how big it is. Mm -hmm. And you have your oceanic mantas and you have your reef mantas. We only see the reef mantas. The Maldives, you get both. But the oceanics can be up to like seven meters, you know, like maybe 21 feet or so. Crazy. Our reef mantas here, though, can still be up to like five meters. So like 15, 16 feet. They're still pretty immense, you know, these animals. I think that's one thing that I love so much about the mantas and particularly here. Because in other places, and I don't know if it was the same for yourself in the Maldives, but it's mesmerizing to watch them, as you say. Like they're literally so... Oh, for sure. 
they're like dancers in the water. You know how they feed. And I don't know if they were doing the the somersaults, rolling around, doing backflips. Yes. Which are quite amazing. What we try and do at Kokomo is we keep our interaction really intimate. And we actually just got recognized by um, the Manta Trust. So we work in collaboration with the Manta Trust. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but they're a massive international organization that help protect manta rays. And um, we work with the Manta Trust Fiji and the project leader of that, his name is Luke Gordon. He's actually got his own kind of affiliated group, which is called the Manta Project Fiji. So we work with both of them. And we were just recognized by the Manta Trust and the Manta Project Fiji as a sustainable operator, which has been amazing because they've only given it to, I think, two operators in Fiji so far. And it just basically shows exactly what we push and promote at our our type of interaction that we have with guests and mantas and we keep our groups really small so maybe four to six people max in the water at any one time and then you can have sometimes like 20 mantas as you say like we've had people walking back through the restaurant in floods of tears you know they're just so overwhelmed with emotion about like how amazing their interaction has been and as you say like their immense size it's just like it's so overwhelming sometimes you know so but People literally just go crazy for it here. So it's definitely one of my favorite things to see. So, Oh, my. I believe it. I believe it. I really hope that so many more people can have that experience um, in the water with the marine life, especially the mantas. We're taking a quick break. When we come back, I ask Kleena about her thoughts on eco travel and what a dream vacation looks like for someone who works in paradise. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Let's Go Together from Travel and Leisure. My guest today is Kleena O'Flaherty, a zoologist and conservationist who is a member of the marine biology team at the Kokomo Private Island Resort in Fiji. Kokomo recently joined Regenerative Resorts, a consortia of eco-luxury hotels and resorts seeking to advance sustainability and planet-friendly travel habits. I was eager to hear Kleena's thoughts on the topic of sustainable travel. I'd like to know, what are your thoughts on eco-travel and how can resorts like Kokomo help create positive environmental and social change? So I think eco-travel is almost the new way to go now, especially with everything that's been going on in the world. I think it's made people realize it's time that everyone needs to do something to give back. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that while you're taking a vacation or going on a holiday. Very true. It shouldn't just be part of your normal everyday life, your recycling at home, all those type of things, which is awesome. It should also become a part of your leisure as well. If a high-end luxury resort like Kokomo can do it, from when I was traveling when I was back in my early 20s, I was going to a lot of, you know, eco-friendly backpackers and places like that, you know. So if the high-end luxury resorts can do it and the backpackers can do it, there's no reason why across the full spectrum of travel, you know, like why everyone can't do it or everyone can't do something. So I think it's just key things. Like I think 
some things that really have stuck out to me and especially working with Kokomo I've noticed that makes us step out as uh, being recognized for our sustainability initiatives you want to see first of all places that support sustainability initiatives in whatever capacity they can great to see places that focus on whatever their surrounding environment is be it like a marine environment it's amazing to see if they're protecting you know like you say mangroves coral reefs fish whatever kind of surrounding organisms per se you have but then also if you're in other places like the desert or whatnot you know or maybe in Africa in various places you know that they do some sort of thing to support their local communities or local areas and also like employing a lot of local staff I think that's a key thing to know for even if it is a franchise or whatnot you want to be seeing a lot of local employees like a Kokomo here more than 96% of the staff are all locally employed which is amazing so that's a key thing as well I think in terms of eco travel and things that need to be considered and and I think one of the biggest things now and I'm not sure if you agree Kelly but like I think the whole kind of high-end luxury food industry has probably changed quite a bit everyone is now looking at where you get your produce how it's being sourced the food miles and whatnot that it's traveled so what we do at Kokomo is we promote like a kind of seasonal style menu so throughout the year depending on different times of year like right now it's wahoo or spanish mackerel season so we'd be catching a lot of that and using that on our menus and it's a species of least concern and whatnot also like different times of the year we also have different sea lettuces and sea grapes and things like that that you can find either the vegetables of the sea that we try and incorporate in our dishes so it's all about you know sourcing locally and we have our 5.5 acre farm that we grow our own veg and produce on so we try to import as little as possible and keep it locally sourced and that makes a big massive difference so when you see those type of establishments that can focus on um, or try and source everything locally then I think that's a great sign of an establishment if you're looking for that kind of eco travel style. You brought up something I have never heard of and you said sea grapes. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, that's something new. And I love that, as you said, you guys grow your own produce and you also use the environment that you have direct access to, which is the ocean. Yeah, and like sea grapes is a massive actual uh, Fijian dish. It's called nama in Fiji. And they literally taste like little bites of the ocean, I'm going to say. But they're really, really tasty. And you usually have them with some sort of fish and some ceviche almost like with some lemon and lime and chili and a bit of fresh coconut milk. But some people look at the ocean and they just think of the sea and the fish, but they don't always look at the sea green. So it's nice to see trying to incorporate more of that. How does working at Kokomo allow you personally to create a positive impact? I think it's given me the most opportunity I've ever had in my entire life to be able to make a positive impact. And I think it's just because the willingness of the owners and the the support of the owners and the management, in contrast with me working for different ring conservation organizations, there's a lot of limitations and different factors and challenges that you face. And a lot of the time, a lot of it is longevity and funding and their massive challenges to have and it's amazing to work for an organization where if you have a good idea and you can execute it well and it's well planned out and it's well thought out the management and owners are fully on board and they just want to do as much as we can to make it work you know so like for example when you take our Kokomo Manta Conservation Project so another key part of the that project is the tagging work we do so as I said, so we work in collaboration with the Manta Trust Fiji and the Manta Project Fiji and, and our tagging research is actually being led by Luke Gordon. And right now in Fiji, there's no laws currently protecting manta rays specifically. And one of the biggest challenges facing the government is 
the funding for that type of research. And you need kind of a long-term good study for it to be concrete and robust scientific data. And that's something that the government can't afford right now. So it's amazing where Kokomo can step in and help and be like this kind of savior in a sense to help facilitate this while before it's too late and before any you know issues happen with this species which thankfully there are not none right now that we know of so far so what we've done is that we in 2019 we started an acoustic tagging project so the acoustic tags just so to give you a bit of an idea they're a small little tag and they're attached to the mantas by a little anchor that slips under their skin and they give off a little ping like a little sound And as they swim around certain areas, we've placed these devices called receivers in certain areas that we know the mantas go. So they have a little hydrophone on them so they can pick up the pings, the high frequency pings. Now we can't hear the pings or anything. It will let us know. So like, oh, hey, Ma the Manta was at the receiver outside Kokomo for two hours yesterday. And what it does is it gives us kind of a map of an area in the relatively close area, maybe within like the five, 10 kilometer radius of how far they, uh, how long they spend in certain areas. And it's been amazing the data that we found from that so far. We've realized that specifically the islands around Kokomo are massive, massively important to manta rays for several reasons, for feeding, which is what we've identified, for cleaning, where they go to a cleaning station, which maybe Kelly, you saw in the Maldives as well. Mm-hmm. They come into onto a coral reef and little fish will come and clean them. Yes. And then also for coursing, which they've never really seen, it's very undocumented in the world, is around these islands. So we've been able to highlight how important these areas are. And then developing on that further, we've now assessed quite well in the locality about what our mantas are doing and what important areas they're using. But more so, we wanted to see in further afield, do our mantas migrate to certain areas, move across to certain different island groups? So in 2020, we did um, a satellite tagging project And we satellite tagged 11 manta rays with 11 satellite tags. And we found that mantas actually do leave our whole island group and into separate island groups. Um, So, for example, one left Kandavu, our own region here, and went to Benga Island Group, a separate island group, which is also in the south. But it also, it's really important because it's now showed these mantas are moving between island groups in deeper water. So these are areas need to be considered for marine policy development and protecting manta rays. You know, if there's large fishing vessels out here, they need to be aware that mantas are using these corridors in certain areas. So I think that's just an idea of the capacity when you ask about what I can do to help it with conservation. Like I never would have thought in my wildest dreams would I be working here and viv the same you know we both feel like we've landed such a a gold mine you know by being part of this project but it's just been so amazing to be able to be a part of it um especially right now because like especially that manta research that's like the first of its kind in fiji in the south pacific and it's going to be groundbreaking for manta rays because it's going to be the backbone of any marine policy development for them so very very exciting and it's amazing to see what kokomo can do that sounds so amazing (laughs) part of your job is to interact with guests and provide them with experiences. What lessons and memories do you hope your guests take away from these experiences? Our main goal is just to engage, promote and excite all of our projects to our guests. And particularly like I'm sure you might agree as well, like the next generation is of kids and and teenagers. These are the ones that are going to be taking over our 
planet for us and we have to hand it over to them and it's is it in the best condition right now questionable but we just want them to see you know that even though they're maybe helping plant some coral in our coral reef around Kokomo they can think we do a whole workshop with them when we say do you know what's threatening coral reefs right now and you tell them a bit about climate change and and rising sea temperatures and how the enhanced greenhouse effect of all these greenhouse gas emissions that are going off into the atmosphere they're keeping our planet too warm and not enough heat can escape so the oceans are rising or the ocean temperatures are rising and then it's causing coral reefs to stress out and this thing called bleaching that we say and it makes them connect you know it makes them realize and it's like you may not think that your actions what you're doing back home in Australia, in America, in Europe or whatever is having an impact specifically on this reef system right now, but it actually does, you know, and it helps get them excited and they can't wait to tell their families and tell their friends and tell their loved ones back home about what they did. They planted coral, they planted mangroves, you know, to try and help with these global massive issues. And you just want to hope that it pushes them and strives them more to try and want to do more and and maybe get them involved and get them inspired to do some some kind of work like that in the future Mm -hmm. you know for sure that's our main goal well i have a feeling that that goal is being accomplished with each and every visitor that comes there (laughs) you already live and work in paradise i mean you can see how excited i am for your job (laughs) already (laughs) what does a dream vacation look like for you dream vacation I would have to say I'm like I I really really enjoy my work I know it's not a vacation but definitely something similar to it so definitely I would love to be somewhere where there is an abundance of some sort of life doesn't have to be marine life it could be somewhere in Africa and America and Australia you know that has a beautiful forest or a gorgeous mountain to hike definitely somewhere outdoors and somewhere that has the same respect for the environment that I do So I'd definitely be looking for those places that don't promote any sort of plastic products, have very good reduced waste initiatives, have, again, a lot of locally employed staff, and just that kind of encompasses everything that I am. I want to experience the place that I've gone to discover, but without leaving any kind of impact on the environment while I'm there. So that would be my main ideal holiday. I think your ideal holiday comes from your perspective on how you approach life within your career. So I love that even though it's supposed to be a vacation in quotation marks, that you still take that love for the environment with you no matter where you are. So that's really neat. Finally, as the travel industry is beginning to recover, what are some eco-friendly tips that you like travelers to keep in mind as they plan their trips. Yeah, so some of my top travel tips that I would say to people is definitely, and obviously traveling is a bit um, different right now, but maybe if you can't go exactly where you want to go and you can only go somewhere close, definitely make the most of it and look out for local maybe tourist attractions in certain areas, in uh, certain features in your own areas, in your own country that maybe you didn't think you'd explored ever before. If you can do that with everything going on right now, And then some other amazing travel tips are if you're going to go anywhere near the ocean, 
definitely always remember to bring your your reef friendly sunscreen even if you're not in like directly on a coral reef those things have a massive impact on any type of ocean environment so definitely try stay you know reef friendly or ocean friendly no harm in bringing your own keep cup or whatnot i always find those in your own reusable bottle they're always great things they're just small little tips and tricks and if you're going out to certain restaurants and things like that you know this is, I suppose, it's all a bit sustainability focused because it's just about what I'm about. But, you know, look at see where their produce is coming from and try and explore the local cuisine as best as possible. They will be my little tips and tricks. I totally agree with everything that you just said. Thank you so much for being here and encouraging people to want to do their part as far as, sorry, about sustainability and yeah. being eco-friendly because just the experiences you've shared with us would make anyone want to do their part. So thank you for making it so colorful that it, I hope it encourages others to think twice about how they interact with our environment and especially within our oceans. So thank you. No, thank you so, so, so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And it's so awesome to always talk to someone like yourself who is who has the same mindset and the same passions and and I really do hope that you can come out and get to experience the manta rays here Kelly like they're out of this world so I would love to take you out here it would be awesome oh I cannot wait to go diving with you period like I want to do all of the adventures your lifestyle Kokomo all up my alley so we'll make that happen awesome awesome thank you This has been Let's Go Together, a podcast by Travel and Leisure. I'm Kelly Edwards. My guest this episode was Kleena O'Flaherty of the Kokomo Private Island Resort Marine Biology Team. Follow Kleena's adventures on Instagram at C-O-F-L-A-H-E. Be sure to follow Let's Go Together on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and review. Join us next week as we head to the open sea with my friend, Captain Kate McHugh, the first American woman to captain a cruise ship. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Danielle Roth, Lena Beck-Sillison, and Marvin Yu. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks also to the team at Travel and Leisure. Deanne Kurzerski, Nina Ruggiero, and Tanner Saunders. You can find out more at travelandleisure.com slash podcast. You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at Travel and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag. And you can find me at Kelly Set Go. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week for more from Let's Go Together.